This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Monday reaction to the first ever Ryan Poles draft. Patrick Schmidt breaking it all down. And yes, we're in a very good mood today. We are honoring you, Ryan Poles, for picking the best player available, being creative on day three, getting lots and lots of picks, going for starters on the defensive side, even when Justin Fields could use some more help on that offensive side of the ball. You'll get there. We trust you, Ryan Poles. Yep, that's right. We're going positive today. No fighting on this show. The Windy City Podcast starts right now. Showtime. How are you feeling? I know we did the show live on Friday night, and you had a minor meltdown in the moment. But as we we get to Monday, as we are here, as it's all digested, as you saw the trades, and the compilation of picks. How are you feeling about how the Bears went about their business now that it's all said and done? I do feel a little bit better than I did in the moment on Friday night. I was having a publicly uh, YouTube therapy session. Um, But there were some things I liked, some things I didn't like, some things that I wish went a different way. Um, Recognizing full well that Ryan Poles had a lot on his plate. There were a lot of holes on this Bears roster that he had to fill. A lot of mistakes from the past regime that he was inheriting. And he really had to put out a lot of fire. And he did not have much more beyond a, a, a water gun to put out those fires. So knowing full well, there were a lot of holes to, to put out. Not many picks to use to fill those holes. You know, I came away feeling okay for the most part. Now, was it a perfect draft? No, but I think there's a, a lot to like, and I think we learned a lot about Ryan Poles and his draft philosophy. So let's just start with the whole premise that we got to get wide receivers slash tight ends slash offensive line help to save Justin Fields, which is true, but I think what we were sleeping on, the Bears roster sucked. really 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 sucked like the the level to which how bad ryan pace was should should like continue to be seeping in at least it's seeping in for me because you know after they went for a cornerback and a safety uh you know it's getting written up the bears last year 27th in the nfl 7.6 yards per pass attempt they allowed 31 passing touchdowns that was tied for 26th not good uh, they they only had eight interceptions, 29th quarterbacks combined, the passer rating, 103.3, dead damn last in the league. And by the way, that was where they actually had some production up front. They were fourth in sacks in 49. So they were getting some pressure. And our cornerbacks, our safeties, Eddie Jackson, they sucked. It was a huge need, and, and people just weren't talking about it. Yeah, we, we talked about the needs on this roster and wide receiver, offensive line, cornerback, another pass rusher. They're all there, and they're all big needs. And knowing you, you had no first-round picks, you had a couple of, of second-round picks, you can't fill all those in one draft. Um, Ryan Poles did what he could, knowing how the draft board you know, kind of shook out on, on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. But, yeah, that pass defense was, was abysmal. 18 and a half sacks from Robert Quinn uh, really uh, makes up a lot of really, really, really bad numbers elsewhere on that defense. So you get two starters uh, with Kyler Gordon, a guy that probably could have been a first round pick. Uh, The Bears get him at 39. He'll be a day one starter. Really good career at Washington. Just, you know, one year really worth as a a starter, but good production. Uh, Nobody really tested him or Trent McDuffie on the other side in that secondary. So, um, they were kind of like a, a total lockdown uh, set of corners there. It's tough, though, transitioning into the NFL as quarterback. You know, we don't really see too many great rookie quarterbacks. So there might be a, a year or two where there are some rookie growing pains, but I, I fully expect him to, to be a, a good corner. Um, you know, the, I understand waiting to, to take a receiver with Gordon on the board there. But yeah, when it's all about supporting Justin Fields, the, the biggest gripe I had was with the second second round pick. I thought maybe that was the time to pull the trigger on a wide receiver. 
You didn't do it. Rand Poles didn't do it. I don't know what that means, what he thought about George Pickens and Alec Pierce, because they went right up the board right after the Bears took Jaquan Brisker. But like you said, secondary was a really big need, and, and Ryan Poles thought they needed to get a strong safety back there to get a second starter in the secondary. Maybe it helps Eddie Jackson kind of rejuvenate his career that once looked promising, and now it looks like, wow, that's, uh, it has not been going well the last couple of years. But that's the biggest do-over I wish the Bears could have had was to, to get that receiver with their second pick in the second round. But Brisker, he's going to be compared against those receivers that the Bears didn't take. And hopefully Ram Poles has a, a trick up his sleeve and he, he's going to find a receiver elsewhere. Yeah, well, here, you had receiver after receiver after receiver go off the board ahead of the Bears at 48. You had trades in front of you, right? And so in his mind, you're getting receiver number 9, 10, 11 on their board versus what he thinks is a starter in Brisker. And there, you need help in, in the, you need help at safety. So I don't, I really, uh, I, I get it. I, b- bottom line, they, you are not in a position to be drafting for need. You are, you are in a position of drafting the best damn player. So, and by the way, if you go back in time, people who draft for need over the best player, it's a bad philosophy. You end up missing on like elite level guys. And what Paul said afterwards, like, you know, that I don't want to be sitting there two, three years from now looking at Kyler Gordon or, or Brisker or whoever and thinking, man, I, 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 I knew it and I didn't do it just because we needed this when we needed a zillion things. Um, Matt's saying here that he hopes that uh, fans are going to show polls the patience that they showed for pace. Uh, polls has a plan. He's sticking to it. Was available to reach? Maybe. Um, you know, he said BPA and trade down, uh, and pretty much stuck to it. Look, I mean, we, he, I think he, I think by all accounts, he wanted to trade down in the second round, but who he saw on the board, they did not think that Kyler Gordon was going to be there. They said they ran draft simulations and like a couple times he was there. They weren't expecting it. So to them, it was like, it was Christmas, uh, on day two. I don't, so I don't blame them for not trading out there. And, and they did a ton of trading down on day three. Yeah. The, the Gordon stuff was kind of cool to hear them talk afterward when they said they ran the simulations and Gordon popped up a few times and they're like, forget that there's no chance he's going to be available. And, and we hear this all the time after every draft and every sport where it's like, yeah, we never thought player X was going to be there for us. And it's like, come on, you know, quit with the canned responses, but I kind of believe it this time. I mean, you know, I'll give give polls the benefit of the doubt. But like we said, you weren't going to be able to fix all these holes in one draft when you entered the draft with just a handful of picks, none in the first round, none in the fourth round. Um, So if best player available was Brisker on the board, you know, I'm thinking if Brisker is their 50th ranked player, where did Pickens rank? Because I'm thinking he's right around in that, that 50, 51, you know, something like that. So. Um, maybe they had much lower grades on, on Pickens and Pierce, or they were just much more higher on Valus Jones, who they did get in the third round. And in the immediate aftermath, when they took Brisker, I'm like, okay, who's this wide receiver that's really going to come off the board? When are they going to pull the trigger? Because we know what's going to happen at some point. And I was just wondering, did they wait too long to do it? And I'm thinking, you know, Valus is probably a bit of a reach if you look at Know, where ESPN had them, where NFL.com had them, but those rankings, they don't, they're just a guide. They're not the end all be all. If the Bears had Bayless Jones as a top 60 prospect and they get him at 71, then that's a steal. And if he can be a, a dynamite kick returner, help out in the punt return game, and be kind of like a, a versatile weapon to line up in a couple of different spots uh, on the perimeter and the slot, maybe in the backfield, doing a number of different things. And I've heard this you know, Debo Samuel type comparisons. And, and I think that's kind of in vogue, the, the flavor of the month. But, um, you know, first things first. Um, but hopefully he could be a, a, a an impact addition and, and really he's going to have to make an impact right away because he's 25 already. And Karma, I saw you tweet afterwards that uh, his age isn't the biggest current concern you had for this draft. Well, I think it's something to look at. Is it the biggest concern I had about this draft? No. But I think when you talk about in a vacuum, Valus Jones, a 25-year-old rookie, I think it is something to talk about. Well, here are two things, sir. Number one, anybody who takes six years in their college career, 
Thumbs up from me. Good yeah, job. Me too. In there. Go, yeah, I mean, let's go. Multiple schools, USC, Tennessee. That's not the same as for me. Hartford and Iowa, but but good job. Make your way around. And he hadn't gotten an opportunity to play receiver and show what he could do there until his last season, so he took advantage of it. Uh, I think you're going to have an instant impact here. He's a gunner, so you know he's going to be on the field for special teams, which matters. Yeah. He can be a punt returner. You could put him at kickoff return. We'll, we'll see if he, they, they go that route. I would bet on punt more than kickoff because of – mainly because of their sixth-round selection, uh, which is another interesting play, by the way. People are freaking out about lack of receivers, and, and I get it. That's It's a fair thing. Um, but uh, Tristan Ebner, uh, the running back from Baylor, he's an excellent special team player. He's also, or at least that's where he thrived in college, and he could catch the ball to the backfield. So so now you're you're adding... You've got an Ebner who can catch the ball to the backfield, which they didn't really have. And now you got a you got Bayless who who I don't know, put him in the slot, put him over here. You have different ways of getting some attention to maybe make things easier for Fields, take some attention away from Mooney, right? This is just ways that they could go about it a little bit differently because as you said at the start, they didn't have a lot of picks. Um yeah. and so and and so and the dude runs a four three. So if if he if they can figure it out here, uh, maybe he could he could take the top off the defense. I don't know. I I'm I'm pro. I don't know what the hell's going on in the draft. Nobody knows. We're not going to know for a while. I know. We're, I think you want to slap some grades on him, which is totally cool. I'm down for putting the grades on, but it's like I, I'm not going to sit here and say that that they 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 overshot Valus when you look at the of what he possibly could be. He could be elite on special teams for him, and then you get the rest. That's that's a win right there. Yeah, and having elite special teams, we've seen some Bears teams in the past. I'm mean, obviously Devin Hester, and and when Cordero Patterson was here, having great special teams can really help a, a shitty offense. And if the the Bears are going to get some some much improved offense, uh, one way to improve the offense is to to give them favorable field position. Let's start at the 35. Let's start north of the 30 a little bit more than just starting at the 25 or inside the 25. So. That's an extra first down. That's an extra 10 yards. You're that much closer to field goal opportunity. Um, so I, I, I like the thought process there. And you're, you're filling multiple spots with one player. Like we said, number of holes here, minimal picks. So you get Bayless Jones. He could help out as a receiver, as kind of like a, a third down back, if you will, kick returner, punt returner, either one. And then, you know, contribute on special teams as a gunner covering kicks and punts. So I like that. Multiple roles you could help a team win. Uh, Ebner, the one of the, the late-round picks they took on day three on Saturday, the initial sticker shock was, why did the Bears take a running back? That's one of the positions they don't need a draft, but he's not a running back. They have David Montgomery, and I think Khalil Herbert will probably earn himself a few more carries this year, but Tree Cohen was gone all of last year. His impact was greatly missed. He's gone now permanently. Like he, He's been let go, so you're going to need that that pass-catching element out of the backfield, and, and he's going to provide that. He was the Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Year, so you get another guy with versatile skill sets, can help out in the return game, can be a core special teamer. Get one guy, one roster spot to fill in spots at multiple different places on the depth chart. So is it the sexy number one X receiver, 6'3", 220, that's going to run a 4-4 and, and do some spectacular things? No. But then again, you're not getting those guys with the picks you had and where they were. So, but again, I, I think a really nice thing to, to look about the, the Valus Jones and the Ebner picks are these are going to be options that are going to be high percentage targets for Justin Fields right. in the passing game. Right. And that's a, a quick way to, to boost it is completion percentage, uh, get the confidence going. You pick up those third and fives, third and sixes on high percentage passes. It's, you know, little bunnies, you know, to use a basketball term. It's just, Get them in a rhythm, get them in a flow, um, and then you know you get some of those underneath passes. Let their Bayless Jones was one of the best players with yards after the catch in college, and a lot of that could be the scheme that he was coming from at Tennessee. But again, scheme to your players' talents and what they do best. So um, I think that's that's another way that he could really provide uh, some comfort and security to support Justin Fields, which at the end of the day, it's all about. Yeah, and like to underline that. You look, you had Garrett Wilson go 10th to the Jets, Ohio State. Chris Olave go 11th. 
to uh, the Saints, Ohio State. Jamison Williams, Alabama, via Ohio State, going yeah. 12th. Uh, the dude had a lot of weapons, man. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to make this a knock on Justin Fields podcast because I'm not I'm not saying that, but like he he had a lot of talent around him, making him look good. So, so you're not gonna be able to get there. Those guys are going 10, 11, and 12. The Bears can't do that. So, how yeah. can they how can they make things a little bit easier for him? Well, let's have some short throws out of the backfield. Let's get you on the move. Let's get creative here. Uh, I, I think that's a fair way of going about it. So and those it, those Ohio State receivers, like they still had great quarterback talent this year. CJ Stroud, Heisman finalist. He might be the number one overall pick next year. So great quarterbacks make great receivers. Great receivers make good quarterbacks look good too. So it's a, a nice symbiotic relationship there. So before anybody comes at the car and saying, Why don't you think Justin Fields is good? You do think he's got the skill set. We just got to best support him. And I think in a roundabout way. Poles did the best he could with the hand he inherited to try and find some ways to support fields, get in a rhythm, help out special teams, which helps out the offense, get some guys for some high percentage throws. You're still going to lean on that run game with David Montgomery. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a work in progress, but you hopefully got a couple pieces here you could work with. It's like in poker, you know, you get your first five. It's like, okay, we could keep Valus Jones. We'll keep Darnell Mooney, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna need three new cards here, and then that's really what we're gonna see next year with polls, you know. So when guys like Amari Cooper and Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams and Hollywood Brown and AJ Brown, those kinds of receivers, when they come available again next year, maybe the Bears can strike and, and package maybe a second round pick, or if it is the elite, elite, elite upper crust, um, I don't know who specifically that would be, but. Um, if it's somebody worth giving up, you know, hopefully like the 22nd pick in the draft or something like that, the Bears can make a move. But um, yeah, first things first, we got to crawl before we could run. And that, initially, yeah. Yeah, in the moment, I was like, dude, I hate this Valus Jones pick. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But once I, I calmed down and put some thoughts <laughs> together, um, you know, I, I think there is a lot to like there. I, I I like emotional Smitty, Smitty in the yeah. moment and and okay and then you you're allowed you're allowed you can digest and and your your opinion can change. Uh, we're getting a couple comments here, Matt and, and James Davis on the NFL, uh, J- on Justin Ross and whether or not uh, they didn't take a flyer on Justin and uh, his medical history. Schmidt, you can probably speak to that better than I can. Was was that a surprise for you? Um. Yes and no. Um. Justin Ross, a couple of years ago, was a freshman, freshman All-American, dominated Alabama, was uh, one of the leading receivers for Trevor Lawrence on that Clemson team that that crushed two in Alabama. Uh, was like the best receiver in the receiver room with, with T. Higgins, who uh, has had a promising start to his career with the Bengals, former top of the second round pick. Um, Amari Rogers, Hunter Renfro, some of those dudes. So, or maybe not Hunter Renfro. Um, but yeah, then he had a he had a congenital spinal condition. He had to have spinal surgery uh, two years ago, and it was a question whether or not he'd ever play football again. He comes back, plays last year for Clemson. Had some quarterback issues. He had some other injury issues that he was kind of playing through. Um, but you got to wonder. We're not privy to the to the medical that you know all these teams have. And I think it wasn't just the Bears that passed on him. Sure. Every single team passed on him. And then in the first wave of, uh, you know, undrafted free agents signing, there was like 400 undrafted free agents that signed. So you've got the the 255, 260 draft picks, 400-plus undrafted free agents signed. It's like 650, almost 700 players getting to play professional football, and all those teams passed on Justin Ross. So it makes me think this guy just can't pass an NFL team's physical, which is really sad because three years ago this guy looked like he was going to be a top 10 pick, you know, future NFL star. He's got great size, great, you know, skill set, great program, accomplished. And, you know, to go off tangent or off topic here, this is, you know, let him cash in, you know, those NIL money, NIL dollars. Let those players get what they can get while they can because there's thousands, there's, you know, 150-plus Division I programs. You got 100-plus players on these rosters. Only 250 are, are going to be drafted, and then a couple hundred undrafted free agents will sign, and, and a few of those will make rosters. But 
it's tough. None of these guys are going to get rich, uh, or a lot of these guys aren't going to rich, I should say. So it's tough. You, you hope, uh, you know, he could have his health and give a, a shot at professional football. But if it doesn't happen, you know, maybe he'll have a, a career coaching at, at Clemson or, or some other colleges. But I would imagine if, if the pro football route doesn't work out, Dabo Sweeney, as college coach, will we'll give him a shot to be a grad assistant and kind of get his footing in coaching if, if that's a career path he wants to pursue. So shout out to uh, one of the Bears' undrafted free agents that they picked up. And I, I uh, let me just put it out there. I, I do sideline reporting for Northwestern Wildcat football, so I am biased here. But Chris Bergen is freaking awesome. He is – I'm not saying he's talented enough to play in the NFL um, because he probably doesn't have the speed and or size, but he is a worker, a, a squeeze every bit of juice out of the lemon that you possibly could get. Tremendous attitude. So I'm, I'm hoping that he can make the practice squad, but even if he doesn't, just having that guy in camp, it's it's a winning choice. It just, it just shows that they're paying attention. That It speaks to everything that they say about the guy that they want in there. Chris Bergen is going 100% on every single play. He's not worried about his body. He's not worried about anything. He just wants to make a play. And Northwestern had a really rough season last year after going to the Big Ten Championship the year before. And after their like last game at Wrigley against Purdue – you know, I'm sitting there with Bergen in, in their in their locker room, and he's like, I, I just want to go back out and do it again. I mean, that's the type yeah. of guy that they're they're bringing in. So I just, on a little minor note, I thought that was a good sign. I think um, that's a good – I, I want to yeah. piggyback on that point because I think that uh, was probably a little – maybe didn't get noticed as much, but the types of players they were drafting, a lot of guys that were former team captains, uh, multiple-year starters, active in their community – even the punter they took in the seventh round, and I kind of had a feeling that they might take a punter because they need one. It was a punter-rich draft. Uh, we saw four punters get drafted, but Trenton Gill, the punter they took out of NC State, this guy helped raise almost ten thousand dollars for businesses uh, during the COVID crisis uh, a couple summers falls ago. So good people, you know. It's like if you could draft good football players, that double is good people. You need that, especially in this type of Bears locker room that. They're building from the ground up, and when you're rebuilding you or building, however you want to term it, you got to get good players, and you hope you have good character people because you're going to lose a lot more than you win, and you want guys that are not going to quit, guys that are willing to do the dirty work, guys that go the extra mile, like you like you were saying with, uh, with some of these guys that were signed as undrafted free agents. So whether or not they ultimately make the, the 53-man roster, these guys are going to go through training camp and mini camp. And that extra effort going through all these battles and scrimmages and reps, if they're giving it their all, it's going to make some of these other guys work that much harder in camp and training. Right. Camp. And maybe right. they do stick in the, on the practice squad at least. Yeah, and you want competition. Uh, you know, to, to dovetail off of the good people and, and hear Matt's thing, the Elijah Hicks reaction video says it all. We actually pulled uh, one piece of, uh, of Hicks video slash audio when – He's wearing his Bears hat. And he gets asked about it. This was this was a, a a little bit of a fun moment in all the interviews that uh, were going on after the Bears made their selections. This was this was Hicks on his Bears hat. The hat on. Uh, where did you pull that out of here in the last hour? It had my girlfriend. She she Jordan. She she had bought all the hats, and we was just like you know whichever team we go to, you going that, that's where we gonna go. And it's funny because we I've been wanting. I did the visit with Chicago. And we had the Chicago one right in front of the TV. So we was just hoping that would happen. So it wasn't, I, it was just right at the TV. I need that. Thank you. So you keep the tags on the other 31 so you can return them? Yeah, they're getting returned real quick. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting returned real quick. Hopefully, you can get some store credit and get some Bears uh, apparel and, and hand it out to some fans, maybe at some fan event. But I love that personality. I'm a, I'm a fan. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm a little skeptical that he did keep the tags on so he could actually return them. But apparently, the 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 Bears hat was there. He had a he had a you know sense that his visit went well. He's an interesting guy. The the dude was a cornerback. They moved him to safety. He excelled uh, seven turnovers last year. And watching his highlights, they're impressive. He's fast. He's got good instincts. Um, he thinks that he's an absolute steal and, and Flus 
was his comment about him was that he's ecstatic about Elijah Hicks. So, which, you know, that kind of stands out a little bit. So, I, I, I mean, who knows? But I'm telling you, when you watch his highlights, like that dude looks like he can play. I, I, who knows? And, and they, may, maybe he'll be another piece. Yeah. And we'll talk a lot about these day three picks. And it's in the moment on Twitter, the, I think the Bears made four trades to move down and acquire yep. more picks. And I think we were both hoping that we would see one of those trades down on day two when, you know, the picks are a little bit higher success rate. But I like the thought process. Get as many picks as you can. Like we've said so many times ad nauseum, Bears had a lot of holes to fill. They're getting, you know, more bites at the apple, you know, more scratch-off lottery tickets here. Maybe one – honestly, maybe one of these guys could stick and be right. – uh, a depth piece, a, a reserve piece in case somebody gets hurt, um, you know, a contributor uh, and sub packages, at least on special teams. Um, and then best case scenario, maybe you get one of these guys that could be kind of like a multiple year starter. And, and we've seen it in the past, um, you know, with some late round picks the Bears have had and you see it every now and then across the NFL. But I like this specifically when guys go from corner to safety, they probably hate it because cornerback is a premium position. That's where they're going to get paid millions and millions in the NFL. They want to be the next, you know, Richard Sherman, Darrell Revis, uh, you know, get the get the big money, get, be the star. Safety, it's a it's a it's a it's a very it's not a premium position, but it's like a, a secondary premium position now in the NFL. Um, and I think cornerback skills at safety, I think that's really going to bode well. He's got ball skills. He could read. He could break. And I, and I think his best football is out of him. So. We can get excited about these seventh round picks and, and let, you know, let's, let's not go overboard, but I think there's a lot to like. He, one of his interceptions where I did get excited and, and correct, by the way, this was the 254th selection. You know, yeah. You know, you know it's, it's, he's not, it's, he's probably not going to Canton, you know, yeah. it'd be great if he could be a contributor in the dime package, you know, for the bears. But, but on one of his interceptions, like he's racing forward to the football. Now it was a duck, like, but it was, but the way he went about it, it was more receiver like slash cornerback like than than the standard, like just, ma just making sure that you catch it. I'm like, oh, this guy's actually trusts his hands. It, and uh, we'll see. I mean, it's, uh, but I, I'm, I'm optimistic on that one, um, on a bunch of them. The, listen, you, you named it in, in the past. Uh, late rounds, it's you're most likely, of course, nothing's going to pan out, but you can go back and find Jordan Mills was a fifth round pick for the Bears in 2013. Charles Leno was a seventh round pick in 2014. So, can one web, right? You know, it's like he got a bad rep, but seventh round pick, he started for years. If you could get a seventh round pick that starts, right? That's a great pick, right? So, whether it's Zach Thomas or Doug Kramer or Jatiree Carter, uh, you know. Braxton Jones was the highest of all of them. To, so get one of has can one of them be good? Uh, can the it, it doesn't matter if it's the 168 Braxton Jones or the 226 Jatiri Carter. You need one to hit. And and maybe none of them will, but but I, you know, at this point I'll go benefit of the doubt that the my man Ryan Pulse, who slept at Hallis Hall and got three hours of sleep after round one. That's the dedication we want out of our GM uh, that, that he's going to hit on one of them. So, yeah, and, and, and I think yeah. beyond just whether or not these guys hit or don't hit, we preface it by saying these guys are, you know, end of the fifth round picks, multi, three sixes and three sevens. Um, we're not expecting these guys to go to Canton. You know, we, we got to keep our expectations in check. What I really like was the thought process to, to trade down stockpile picks and then the positions they drafted, uh, two offensive tackles, a center, and an offensive guard. That's one way to support Justin Fields. There's just drafting receivers or signing receivers isn't the only way to support Justin Fields. We talked about how bad the, the secondary was. The Bears giving up were like gave up like the most sacks or were among the worst as far as the number of sacks they gave up. And and sure, some of those weren't just on the offensive line. Some of those were on Justin Fields holding on to the ball too long, not getting rid of the ball when he should have, but. Uh, getting a couple tackles, a center, a guard. Um, and some of these guys, Doug Kramer, the center from Illinois, three-year starter, uh, Braxton Jones, the, the tackle from Southern Utah, smaller school guy, but you look at the PFF grade and these, you know, the PFF grades aren't gospel. Like we know that, but 
he had one of the higher grades among offensive tackles last year. So he's got an athletic profile and, you know, you get him in an NFL weight room, you give him a, a full year in an NFL program, you work around those athletic traits and profiles and maybe this guy can be a player. Um, but I, I like the overall thought process of right. trying to get as many big boys as you can. Yeah. And it's a lean on Matt Eberflus and your staff. Yo, I hired you for a reason. And the reason is I think you can coach up players. So have at it. Here's four offensive linemen. Can you and your staff turn one of them, two of them, as we're naming, into, uh, you know, Chris Morgan, you're the guy. That's our new offensive line coach. Can can you develop a starter here? Uh, that's what we're paying you to do. And these guys, you know, you can build on their frames or you can build on their skill set. I was, you know, I was doing the draft show on WGN and OB's watching these guys like, watch their feet, watch their feet, see if their feet are moving because that's, you know, huge key for an offensive lineman. And they, and, you know, in the, in the moment, looking at the tape, it's like, look at that. It, it looks good now. So, you know, again, let's, uh, let's not go crazy here. Uh, but I, I want to also, before I forget, I want to go back to the, the good guy thing. We pulled Eberflus, Colin, Valus Jones, and of course, Ryan talked to him first, but this connection and, and this is where I get, I am, I'm, I'm feeling the emotion right now. Schmitty. I said on yeah. Twitter that I might feel it. I, I just, you know, journeys and making it and, you know, six years in college, not knowing if you're going to get there. And then here's the conversation on draft day. What's up, Coach? You knew this was going to happen, didn't you? Yeah, I did. First of all, God, we had a great conversation. I, I did too, man. We had a great conversation, didn't we? We had a great conversation, Coach. Yeah. I appreciate you. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. You, you are going to be so dynamic here. We are so excited, man. I know family's excited. They're excited. We waved out. Oh, that's great. We waved out. That is great. I'll see you soon, man. Congratulations. God bless, okay? Yes, I mean, I, I just I love it. I love it. Um, that's real life right there, you know? And uh, I'm just like, the, 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 okay, talk about easy to root for. Valus, me and you, buddy. I, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on your team. And like, Flus, he called up. I think with Brisker, it's like, this is head coach Matt Eberflus. And then with, I think with Valus, it was like, it's coach Flus. Like he's kind of <laughs> like the first time I saw him say, it's his head coach, man. I'm like, easy there, buddy. You don't have to be yeah. like all stir. But then he's like, the next one's like, I'm, I'm coach Flus. I'm like, all right, relatable Flus. That's the Flus that I love. Little, uh, you know, so he can wear multiple hats, if you will. I, I I'm a sucker for the, video calls let let's hear them let let's 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 feel some emotion it, it was beautiful it's one of my favorite parts of the draft seeing the calls um a lot of you know the nfl social accounts and the other big uh networks sharing them out i love to see it you know whether it's just you know bears picks or not the, the kenny pickett phone call was it was awesome to see after the, the hometown steelers took him and yep. then to see uh, like where there was a draft party for Kenny Pickett and like the whole like hundred people just like erupt um, in emotion. Like I love that. These are you guys seeing their you know lifelong dreams. Hey, it might only be 21, 22, 23 or 24 or five like Bayless Jones is, but this is what they've pursued since they were, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old throughout high school when they've been four or five star recruits for the most part, or, or they go to college and they dream about playing in the NFL. And this is their, the one big day, it's the big job fair, and they're hoping to hear their name called out of thousands of applicants for this job. And what? to see that emotion, like, I love it. And, you know, we in real time, we react and we say, oh, why did they take Valus Jones? I wish they took this guy or that guy. And, you know, I don't like this guy. It's like, they're all bears now. And I love every single one of them. It's like, we could, we could dissect and nitpick and say, oh, if I was a GM, I would have done this or that. But I, I want Valus Jones to, like, catch 60 balls and have, like, 700 receiving yards. I want to have 400 rushing yards. I want him to return a couple kicks. Um, I'm rooting for the guy. I'm rooting for all these guys. But to see the human element, I mean, that's really what it's all about. Like, the Hall of Fame inductions when these giants of the game, they're, they're weeping and, and breaking down, thanking everybody that helped them get to that moment. Um, like, that's the end of the road. This is the beginning of the journey. Like, it all starts now. Like, the draft is step one for them, and I love it. Coach Flus bringing out the uh, tugging on the heartstrings here for all of us. Yeah, and listen, I pedestal the athletes. I, you know, 
a lot of oh, right exactly well a lot of people in the media are like yeah, i don't want to talk to an athlete he's not i'm like listen i don't even care if the athlete's not interesting i i just i I'll, i'm happy to have an uninteresting conversation with said athlete once in a while uh because that dude is playing professional football or basketball or baseball and then a lot of times you end up having great conversations which we had a zillion of them here at fan side to check out uh our fan side of YouTube page for some of those. Uh, we put Dr. J up today. But so, listen, uh, I I just, uh, I, I got, I, I there, there was some nice, sweet Chicago Bears moments. But let me let me pivot here, Schmitty, as we uh, get towards the end here. I, a couple of notes that I want to hit before we get out. Uh, number one, with Fields, the fact that they don't feel like they have to hand him everything right now in my mind, is actually a little bit of a credit to him. Like, we're not going to bend over for you. You have enough talent that you can, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll develop this as it goes along, and, and, and we think you can make what we, what we have, what we end up here, and we'll, we'll continue to add on it. Maybe they'll go into the free agent market, Jarvis, Landry, whoever. Um, but we think you can make it work. So there's that. And then there's the other side of it, too, if, we're, if we want to go negative. Let's just say, for argument's sake, the Bears won six games last year. Let's let's say that this year, in a developmental year, they win three, four, call it five games. Are you looking and, and then you're gonna have a high pick next year, right? So are you going to be looking for a quarterback at that point? No. Like it's no, don't even you won't you won't go. Okay, you won't want to go there. But if he has a bad year and you have a high pick, I I you know it, it'll be interesting. Let's just say that. Okay, two-pronged way of looking at that. If the Bears go three, it, it's funny, like doing the math, like three and 13, it's been ingrained in our math because yeah, right. 60 games scheduled. I'm like, okay, what's three wins? Okay, 17 games scheduled. How many losses is that? Okay. So if they go three and 14, you know, they only win four games, whatever. I like wins and losses here. I don't want to like alarm anybody here, but like wins and yeah. losses are kind of secondary to the development of Justin Fields here. Justin Fields, if the Bears go, if the Bears go three and 14, but Justin Fields shows he's going to be the guy that they could go. All right, let's let's put some money here into the wide receiver market and free agency. Let's maybe use some draft assets to to get a big name receiver that might be available in the trade market. Like that's fine. If the Bears don't win a lot of games, but Fields looks good, he's putting up some numbers. Yeah. The ball's coming out of his hands quicker. Um, the process becomes better. Like he's taking fewer sacks. The turnovers are down. That's fine. If the Bears lose and Fields is a big reason for them losing, then I think, one, you look, okay, we definitely didn't support him this year. We need to get him weapons because Darnell Mooney, Equinemia St. Brown, Byron Pringle is not good enough. We need to we need to load up here on these assets and give him some weapons here so we can fully evaluate him in year three with an asterisk that it's really year two because we all know year one didn't really count. Um for myriad reasons. The second reason is, okay, if he's bad, they don't win a lot of games. I don't think they're going to use uh, a draft pick on a quarterback yet, but it does start to creep into the back of your mind. Okay, maybe this isn't the guy that we hoped he was going to be. Sure, there weren't enough weapons there, but if the offensive line is improved, if Darnell Mooney is getting open, some of these other guys are open, we'll be able to see. Like, the tape doesn't lie. Like, you know, we'll be able to know whether or not it's it's all on fields, if it's poor coaching, poor supporting cast. We'll be able to know. But no, the, the Bears aren't going to give up on Justin Fields after one first year with, with a Poles and Flus and Getsy uh, system. But two years from now, if they're thinking whether or not we need to pick up a fifth-year option or not, kind of like what just happened with Trubisky, I don't even really want to go down that road. I don't want to put that out <laughs> into the universe. But I think – Wins and losses are secondary to the development of Justin Fields for this year. Like, that's no, that's the most important thing. No, no and, question. And honestly, one one final thing. Like, if the Bears aren't going to make the playoffs, like, you know, if it's winning five or six games, like, honestly, like it's going to suck in the moment to lose on those Sundays. But like, I'd rather be picking second or third in the draft instead of eighth or ninth in the draft. Like, what's the real big difference between winning three games or five games or six games? And I know that's a hot button topic. Um, you know, obviously, I want the Bears to win as many games as possible, but I also want them to be in the best position to draft awesome playmakers 
at the top of every round uh, next year. So hopefully the Bears can win 10 or 11 games, get to the playoffs, and it's a moot point. But, you know, I'm, I'm rambling here, so I'm just going to stop talking and turn it back to you. Yeah, no, I, listen, uh, cake and eat it too. I, that's, that's the way to live life. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, listen, if they go out every – Every uh, Sunday or whatever, and and Fields throws for over 300 yards, and they're putting up points, and they lose 30 to 28. Great, no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that would be a win of a season. Because let's be honest, you address the secondary. Who the hell's getting to the quarterback this year? Robert Quinn's going to have 38 sacks this year. Like I, yeah. you, you, you 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 didn't. They didn't drive to three technique. Like I I don't know how they're going to do it defensively. You have a lot of try hard. I mean, is is Roquan going to be just? I I. I you you have to get very creative in how the Bears are actually going to win football games. I mean, it's it's going to be a, ch- a challenge. Plus, um, and they won't be doing it with Nick Foles as we uh, as we say goodbye. Thank God. Um, <laughs> it was only no, a matter of time, right? Yeah. No. No disrespect to Nick, who had a moment in Atlanta coming off the bench and which got Trubisky benched and arguably not even arguably had the best game of any bears quarterback last year and a win at Seattle. And he, he played well. Uh, but now they've got eight more million of dead cap money because they couldn't find a trade partner for him. And it just kind of puts a bow on the patheticness that was Ryan pace with Nick Foles and Mike Glennon and Mitch Trubisky and Andy damn Dalton. I mean, it's just like we find like we just closed the book and took the last bit of pain from the a quarterback era that was just so unbelievably atrocious, Un- incredible how bad it was, and that, yeah. it, it, and that's in Bears terms because you you had a shot at 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 a Hall of Famer, two of them really. Uh, well, I'm going a little too far on Deshaun Watson, but but a Pro Bowler for sure, and and everything else that you did around it, just straight awful. But but we clo- we 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 tied it up. Okay, hey, go find it yourself wherever you're gonna go. We can't get anything for you. We'll we'll we we bless and release you, Nick Foles. We're sorry what happened before, but you you can go now. Yeah, it's like one final painful reminder, just <laughs> absorbing that dead cap money this year. But hey, that's fine. It's all about 2023. Um, but yeah, just it's like a, a nice little dagger in the side. It's like oh yeah, that's right. We took on that contract, that awful contract. And we gave up a fourth round pick for Nick Foles. Yeah, it's like God, Ryan Pace, you suck so bad. And it, there were a lot of reminders of why Ryan Pace is gone, why Matt Nagy is gone th- this past weekend. So hopefully, this uh, yeah, it's just a, a nice cleanse. Um, we'll absorb the, the dead cap hit, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun to look back at it. I didn't necessarily have high expectations when Nick Foles was brought in, obviously. But uh, the game against Atlanta coming off the bench, uh, where were they down like three touchdowns or whatever, and he led that win. Uh, that was awesome to see. Nothing really good came of it beyond the the win against Tampa and Tom Brady. That that crazy Thursday night game where he gave us the the Tom Brady you know meme with the the four fingers where he forgot how many downs there were. That was a good win. Awesome. I'll, I'll never forget that game. And it, it was Nick Foles that that started that game. And like you said, the Seattle game. Well, it was nice for him at a personal moment to kind of get one last hurrah pretty much. And I did like the the Nick Foles whenever he was like mic'd up or picked up on the audio, just shitting on Matt Nagy's offense whenever the mics would pick <laughs> it up. It's like, yeah, man, we know this offense sucks, but it's nice to hear it from the, the player's point of view uh, who's living it and, and experiencing it firsthand. So that's kind of how I'm going to remember Nick Foles. Nick the fact that you didn't get along with Matt Nagy and you were probably uh, coaching up Justin Fields better than anybody else on that staff. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. It was, uh, you know, good luck. And I also like that he wore nine. It made me think of Jim McMahon and yeah. my, my childhood. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. Uh, all right. Late round picks are being mentioned as we get on out of here. Craig Stelts, Zach Bowman, Kellen Davis, that's uh, 2008 for you, the last time the Bears had this many picks with uh, Jerry Angelo calling it. Um, 1999, Roosevelt Coleman, Warwick Holdman, Jerry Azuma. Uh, uh, Colvin and Holdman, by the way, were fourth-round picks. So we have hit in the late rounds before. It's It, it has happened. So 
Yeah. Throwing Nate Vasher, Alex Brown, yeah. a couple of fourth round picks. Uh, Mike Green was a, a seventh round pick. I, he may have been Mr. Irrelevant too, if memory serves. He was a, a starter for a few years. Uh, can't forget Richard Dent, the sack man. He was an eighth round pick, obviously going way back. Yeah, you're, you're going to find guys, uh, Charles Leno, Jamarcus Webb, we mentioned earlier. They're not real, necessarily remembered fondly here. Uh, Darnell Mooney. Fi- yeah, Darnell Mooney. Fifth rounder. Fifth round. How yeah. about that Warwick Colvin and, and uh, Warwick Colvin and Roosevelt Colvin, the, the two flanks outside uh, Erlacher? That was a, a great linebacker trio here. Remember Jerry Angelo when Warwick Colvin was let go in free agency? He didn't check the box or whatever in the paperwork to get the comp uh, pick in return. I was just like, dude, come on, man. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's almost like the first thing I think about with, uh, with Warwick Colvin. And in reality, just scrolling through here, uh, hey, Ryan Pace, who I just torched for the zillionth time, uh, you're, you you did well in the late rounds, man. Tariq Cohn. the early rounds, though. Yeah, Tariq Cohn, Eddie Jackson, uh, you know, that that was decent. Jordan Howard, those are fourth rounders. Jordan Howard in the fifth round. Kwiatkowski should have played more. That he, I, I like Nick Kwiatkowski. He was a fourth rounder. Um, I mean, Adrian Amos is, is, is yeah. Is, was a fifth Long round pick. Um, Pat O'Donnell, damn it, was a sixth rounder. That was one of your best damn picks. Um, so that was actually, I'm sorry, that was the pace. That was the year before. So, Phil Emery, credit yeah. to you, buddy. Um, Emery's best pick. Yeah, right. Pat O'Donnell, Jordan Mills. Oh man, uh, it's a, it's it's fun to look at. But so so listen, you're. We are, we are, we are, we are, we are believing in the, in the Ryan Poles process here. Um, and I, I listening to his, uh, his, his presser afterwards, I just, I thought he handled himself well. And, um, you know, again, for the, speaking, speaking of Bayless getting emotional with Flus, I saw Ryan Poles said he was getting emotional after he made his first pick. And I think that's awesome. Um, you know, his first time as a general manager, First, you know, minority general manager the Bears have ever had in their hundred plus year franchise. It's a, a huge seminal moment for the for the franchise. And I hope this is the start of, of something special here that he could build. You know, he and Flus together. Uh, there are some building blocks here. Got Justin Fields, got Roquan Smith. Um, now what else can you do? So and fingers that, crossed, you know. Yeah, and that first round pick, by the way, Kyler Gordon. One of the things that I read that I liked, one of their scouts, uh, Francis St. Paul, said when when Gordon ran four five two at the combine, they were like, they said we got a little bit excited because like, oh, well, we know he's faster than that, so maybe he will slip to us. They really had their eyes on this guy, so that's your first pick. And I'm gonna bet a lot of I'll bet actually I will bet all the dough in in my wallet which ain't much but I will bet all of it that he will be more successful than Pace's first pick in Kevin White. I have got I all the all, everything I got here buddy. I am betting on you Kyler Gordon and you Ryan Poles. I think if he could be every bit as good as Jalen Johnson has been to start his career, I, I think we'd take that in a heartbeat. No doubt. Uh, and then you got two fixtures back there uh, at cornerback. You find some pass rushers, you find some pass blockers or pass rushers, and hopefully the young offensive tackles that the Bears got, Jenkins and Borum, they could be building blocks too. So I'm not going to take that bet that uh, Gordon has a better career than Kevin White because all he needs to do is start basically one game and uh, not break his shin and and miss four years basically of of action. So, yeah, you know, I'm looking – I'm choosing to look at the bright side, the best-case scenario for all these guys. I think all these seventh-round picks, they're all going to be starters. They're going to make Pro Bowls. Let's Um, go. So let you know. Let's go. Let's coach him up, like you said. This is why Eberflus and, and these guys are, are paid the big bucks. Coach these guys up. We get, we gave you something to work with. We gave you this big ball of clay here. Now let's see what you can mold with it. Uh, we got rookie mini camp coming up this week, and I'm going to make my way to Hallis Hall. So I'll have a full report for you next Monday, and uh, we'll have more content popping up later in the week. Thank you, Matt. Yes, I'm going way out on a limb. Yeah. Kyler Gordon is going to be better. And Kevin and we, got White. The, uh, we got the NFL schedules coming out later this month. We'll have to think about, you know, what's the, the next move uh, that the Bears could do in free agency. Odell Beckham Jr. coming off an ACL. Jarvis Landry, does he have anything left? Julio Jones, does he have anything left? Do any of those guys, would they want to come to Chicago and play with Justin Fields? Who knows? We could definitely make the case, but I, I don't think Ryan Poles is done yet, and we're going to see some guys cut. 
after June one, maybe they bring in some veteran offensive line help. Still got still got holes. So let's see what polls can do to fill those holes. Poles in the yeah. holes. Yeah, and and hey, uh, as uh, as we say goodbye here, like who was who was one of the Bears' better players last year, which was the which was an moronic uh, trade because you should have been thinking about Jakeem the future. Grant. But Jakeem Grant was a you know he was a, they traded him for a six round pick and the dude he was one of their better players. Yeah. So that that wasn't he wasn't here at this point last year. So they'll they'll keep adding. All right, hey Matt, thanks for all your comments today, brother. Um, James getting in here, and and you out there for watching the Windy City Chicago Bears podcast. We're back Enter next month. Enter the sweepstakes. It's the last week. Get in there. Retweet Schmitty. Retweet Carm. Uh, do what you got to do to get your. You know, it, it'll take you a couple seconds to get registered, and you're in, and and you might walk away with the number one jersey which hopefully he's going to have a great year, 2022. Patrick, good to be with you. Good to see you, Carm. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Well, that's Going a terrible pick. This is just so bad. Like, so bad. This program was recorded on tape before a live audience. I really do not like this one at all. This, I mean, this is like this is bad. This is not good. I don't know if I could find any positives in this. We got a safety who's a, a pretty good run defender. This is the pick you got for Khalil Mack. So the Bears traded Khalil Mack for Jaquan Brisker. This is just so bad. Like, so bad. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.